episode of Found City Sports Media, a podcast made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name is Armando, aka Hot Take Mondo, and I'm joined by my friend Reese, aka the Reese Incarnate Bach Lesnar. And today we're going to talk about this week in Chiefs news. Uh, not a lot going on, but enough that we can talk. Of course, there's some there's some Chiefs Bengals drama, Chiefs getting their rings, and a lot more to uh, to unpack on today's episode. But before before we talk about that, Reese, actually, before we talk about what Reese is doing, let's let's talk about the janky setup we have going on right now. So, like, my I, I swear my iPod or my AirPods were working, like, an hour ago, and it said I had enough battery. I, I try to turn it on, it's not working. So, normally, Reese and I are meeting via, like, Google Meets or FaceTime, where we can see each other, and then I can, you know, um, have him in my ear earphones. Uh, but since I don't have any headphones at all... Uh, I have him on the phone call. So right now we're doing like a phone call, like 7 a.m. ESPN, like Mike Greeny Greenberg, just some like guy from, you know, random Connecticut talking to you, it feels like right now. What's up, Reese? Hey, yeah, you're reaching a hot take in the stretch on 94.5, what are we, FCSM radio, all the best (laughs) hits all the time. Shock jocks. Yep, that's where we are now. We've devolved back to radio. Yeah, this definitely feels like early 2000s right now, but here we are. Um, Reese, what's going on in, in your neck of the woods? Oh, man. Uh, the weather's been actually surprisingly nice this time of year because I think this time last year, I think all last summer in Kansas City, we had two days below 90 degrees and like it was 88 wow. and thunderstorming the two days that were below 90 degrees. So it's nice that it's actually still like very manageable and just like high to mid 80s outside. Uh, what else going on we're uh moving we're not moving into the house we're starting making moves to get the house to where we want it to time reese dude tool time i've I've watched like three videos on how to install a chain link fence and now i'm like considered myself an expert on it (laughs) so i can't wait to to get out there because it's like every chain link fence i pass now i'm looking at it i'm like okay so that's that tension bar yeah that's that collar it needs okay there's the bolt thing i'm like I can do this. I know I recognize these parts, but I feel like it's one of those things like the minute I have all the parts and I have them out in front of me in the yard, suddenly it's going to be like, you know, yeah, singing in French and walking in German or whatever they say, you know, so (laughs) that's what I'm looking forward to. When you buy a chain link link fence, do you buy the whole thing together or do you buy it in pieces? It's in pieces. So you have poles like you can picture the poles that, you know, stand vertically, but there's like two different kinds of poles you need. And then you have chain link itself, which comes in like a giant roll at different heights. And then you have a few parts, like I mentioned, like there's a tension bar and there's like these kind of collar things that clip and hold the fence into place. And there's uh, what else is there? There's these little aluminum things you have to kind of twist around the poles and the chain link in some spots. So really, it's not it's again, it's not rocket science. It's very fundamentally like it makes sense, but. I'm sure it's gonna be like those things where like I follow the YouTube video to a T and like my thing is not doing what his thing is doing. It's, it's, you know? it's gonna be like wind of like five miles per hour and just blow the whole thing down. Oh, absolutely! Like it's it's halfway my neighbor's yard and I'm getting the HOA formed just to take me down for making something as stupid as a chain link fence. Yeah. <laughs> to help pay for your chain link fence, Reese, how can people uh, donate to this podcast? Dude, you can donate to Reese's chain link fence fund by going to patreon.com backslash FCSM, where you're going to get updates on the podcast, including outtakes, bonus episodes, exclusive beer reviews, and exclusive mini series such as our last dance documentary uh we did a recap of the michael jordan last dance documentary during covid a different time a third co-host maybe we also have season zero of fcsm as well as everyone's favorite speedy and angry our 11 part in-depth deep dive into the fast and furious franchise stay tuned part one of fast x should be dropping on patreon sometime in the next week to 10 days so stay tuned very exciting very exciting also on the phone reese you sound like five years younger do i really you sound you sound like tenor reese dude tenor reese that's not good not that reese was a tenor five years ago but still it's it's like high pitch reese right now that's why like nobody ever wanted to hire me for like bass stuff there's like yeah we think you think you should sing like peleos and uh uh, what's it? Dido Did and they really, yeah, Did they really say that you, they wanted you to sing Pelias? No, no. Oh, okay. they, I, I, I had a bunch of people saying they wanted me to sing Papageno, which I'm just like, bro, are you kidding me? I mean, I, I could do it, but it's just like, right. 
like unless you're going to like Hamburg and only Hamburg, like no one's gonna cast a Papageno this <laughs> you know timbre. And and for us uh, or for those of you that aren't opera followers, it's like it's like putting Kirk Cousins in a in a running back position and saying why why can't you be a running back? Yeah, dude, it's like you're fast. I've seen you move. You're elusive. Be running back. That's how it works. Or like Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott in the center position. It's like, yeah, you're pretty thick. I think you can stop this dude running at you. <laughs> yeah, so that's basically what we're talking about here. Um, if you also like what we're talking about here, give us a follow on all our social media media platforms on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, on uh, even TikTok. I think we still have it. And our handle is always going to be Fountain City SM. So go ahead and give us a like, a follow, comment on any of the Apple podcasts or any podcasts that you listen to this on. All right. Um, oh, I did something fun today, Reese. I did. Um, I did the Cincinnati food tour today. Oh gosh! Isn't it just like Skyline Restaurant after Skyline Restaurant? <laughs> well, the, actually, the first restaurant though was um, this restaurant called Taste of Belgium, where this oh, like yeah. guy actually like a chef from Belgium um, came over and like makes Belgian waffles, but like legitimate Belgian waffles, where it's like not um, batter, but like it's dough, and he puts all these like different things inside the dough, so that when you have the waffle, it already tastes like it has syrup and like all these things on it um it's actually it's really amazing actually i don't think i've ever had anything like it because a lot of the waffles that you have are going to be like battered waffles and then you got to put a bunch of stuff on it for it to taste good and it just kind of tastes like bread but this one is actually like incredibly thick like a lot of flavor a lot of spices to it um a legitimate belgian waffles that was the first stop and then of course went to skyline by the way they're like table hot sauce super hot really like just the standard like it's in like a it's in like a, a ketchup uh, squeezer but it looks like it's mm-hmm. tabasco sauce so i like yeah. I, I drenched my chili dog in the tabasco what oh, i thought baby. was tabasco but it's like tabasco on like jose Canseco steroids are you sure it wasn't like ghost pepper sauce or something i don't know what it was but like this is just like what the the regular man of cincinnati eats i guess and they're just like oh hot sauce whatever so that oh, was impressive man. i i didn't I, I didn't think um cincinnati had that type of dog in them uh, <laughs> i passed by paycor stadium way too many times today that that was weird gross um and what's funny is they they have a parking lot that extends from Paycor all the way to the Red Stadium. I forget what really? the Red Stadium is called. Is uh, it Great American it, Ballpark? I think so. Yeah, and it but it, it is pretty far away. Like we're talking, I don't know, six blocks maybe apart from each other. Really? And there's, there's a yeah, there's a parking lot that extends, and they said it's the largest parking lot in America. Huh. But it's the- Cincinnati. <laughs> The largest... Dude, I gotta see that. I do not remember that being in Cincinnati. That seems like something I'd be, like, way too into. It'd be like, man, I just saw the largest parking lot in America. Dude, you think you see the big parking lot? Like, it's huge. This is, like, Cape Canaveral of parking lots. <laughs> and it, But it's also, like, very um, it's suspicious because it's, like, kind of underground and kind of not underground. So, like, on face value, it doesn't look like the largest parking lot ever. But apparently... It, extends all the way to the red stadium which is very very far away so um learned a lot about cincinnati today cincinnati is um based on like the not a greek god but like a roman emperor cincinnatus or something i didn't know that that sounds made up (laughs) (laughs) what if everything everything that the uh that that the tour guide told me was completely fake yeah he's just he's just like winging it like throwing made up facts at you Oh, let's see, Cincinnatus. No, I think it's a real thing. Cincinnatus. <laughs> man, the Cincinnati light. Oh yeah, man, dude, that's... Lucius Quintius Cincinnatus was a Roman uh, patrician, statesman, and military leader of the early Roman Republic in Wait, 430 BC. What was his name? Lucius Quin Quincius. Q-U-I-N-C-T-I-U-S Cincinnatus Dude, isn't that what they said in Harry Potter to get the Dementors to go away? (laughs) That is made up AF. Someone's like Wikipedia trolling us. I mean, it's it's a very sophisticated troll because the tour guide that's lived there her entire life and she's probably in her 70s 
told us all this history about it. Wow. Okay, cool. Well, you know, Kansas City's <laughs> named after, uh, you know, the Roman god of being awesome. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> all right. Speaking about awesome, uh, Reese is going to review an awesome beer to start the podcast today. Reese, what is the beer you're going to review for us? <laughs> Yeah, so I'm very excited. Uh, you know, it's summer, which means it's crispy beer season. So I actually have a, a delicious lager in front of you today. Lager coming actually from the Scandinavian word lager, which stands for uh, delicious crispy boy. You can look that up. It's totally real. Um, Roman, Roman Emperor Lagarius Sneed. Lagarius sounds more real though, because it sounds like Lagarius, like Lagarius no, Sneed. Delicious like, Quintitious Cincinnatus. Dude, my boy LQC represent. <laughs> what's their area code? Just like one. That's probably it. Represent uh, four, the one. Four two seven, maybe. I don't remember. Four two seven. That's so bizarre. All right, shout out all my peeps that went to CCM. Good for you, and uh, shout out to Travis Kelsey who played football at Cincinnati. Who played there? Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, two truths and a lie. The two truths are I have a delicious beer. My second truth is uh, I've been going through that kind of macro phase like I've talked about, you know, looking at some of these craft breweries of yesteryear that are now kind of the old guard for craft beer. And Mm -hmm. one that I'm actually not the most versed in, but I've liked their stuff and I've ever had it is Odell Brewing Company, uh, which is in Fort Collins, Colorado, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? I love it. I was there, I don't know, about a month ago. Yeah. Oh, baby. So I, I kind of got in this fun phase now where, like, there was a period of time I was just buying a bunch of, you know, like, uh, what do you want to call them? Like domestic lagers, you know, just to have those as my cheap drinkers. But you can buy mix packs from some of these bigger breweries for, you know, around the same price as yeah. getting, like, two six packs. So I got me a or an Odell mix pack, and one of the beers in there is Lagerado Crispy Lager. Oh, yeah. Love Lagerado. So, so I'm looking forward to trying this because I want to see if the the craft boys are making them lagers just as crispy as our ancient Roman emptor, whatever he was, uh, <laughs> Lucius Quintitius Cincinnatus. Dude, I love it. Here we go, crack into it. <laughs> All right, for those playing at home, we have different categories that we rate this beer, and each category we rate from zero to ten. Zero being not so great, ten being the best we've ever had in that category. Um, or pretty good. So the first category we have today is going to be appearance. Reese, pour that in, into a glass and tell the audience what you see in that beer. Well, see, this is what's fun is we've talked about slow pour pilsners before. And because I have one hand holding the phone up to my ear, my other hand is pouring this beer dead straight down the center of this glass. So in order to do that, I have to use the ancient slow pour pilsner method. Uh, so in all reality, this should actually do a good job releasing the aromatics, even though it's putting like an inch of foam on here right now. But I'll tell you what, our boy, uh, Lucius would be proud of my pouring, uh, technique right now. Cause I'm keeping this thing under control and I don't think I'm gonna have to stop. I think it's going to be like one smooth pour. All right. Well, I'm oh. not, I'm, I'm on our 1990s flip phone, so I can't vouch for what Reese is doing right now, but I'm sure it's great. Reese, what's the rating on that beer? So this beer uh, actually does look uh, like a light uh, German style Pilsner. A little bit of haziness to it, but which I mean kind of like opaque haziness, like you're looking through a screwdriver sort of thing. But I can largely make out what's on my computer screen behind that. A very nice, very pure white foamy head at the top some bubbles and some kind of different patterns but how much of that is because i was doing that uh janky slow pour method and how much of that is the beer itself a little bit of carbonation going on in that glass kind of coming up slowly but you can still see it this looks like a nice light crushable lager which i don't think we've talked about certified crushable on this show for a while uh so yeah this looks like it's certified crushable i'm gonna give it a 8.0 Seven, baby. 8.7 on appearance. All right. 8.7 on appearance. Now let's do aroma. Reese, take a good sniff of that lagerata. Let us know if it's uh, similar to the style. Anything unique or anything you don't like? Man, it's tricky because I smell my wife making pasta salad in the other room. So I'm trying to like use my <laughs> mic screen as a way to like block out aroma. Like which I'm sh- yeah, that's probably scientific. Uh, I'm getting a very nice... Yeah, how do you how do you want to describe that lager sensation? It's kind of a uh, a wet, grainy smell to it. A little bit of kind of like a buttery crackerness to it. 
not really getting a whole bunch of hop on here, but that's kind of what you want. It's not a very cloying smell. It kind of leaves as quickly as it comes. I'm just going to give it a 7.2 on aroma. All right, 7.2 on aroma, not bad. Uh, then we have our favorite category, flavor. Take a sip of that and let us know what you think. Hmm. That's kind of fun. It does taste like a crispy pilsner. Getting a little bit of hot bitterness on the end, which you know, I don't know exactly what they hop this with, but if they want to make yeah, it like a traditional know. pilsner or something like that, probably you know, like noble hops of some variety. Hmm. Uh, I'm actually getting a little bit of citrusiness in here, sort of like a almost like a mandarin orange, mm. sort of note tone tannin, whatever you want to call it. So I'm not getting a lot of that nasty. Uh, how do you want to call it? Warm beer taste that you kind of get from a lot of domestic lagers, which I appreciate. Yeah. So, yeah, that's very drinkable. That's a very good lager. And it's kind of hard to get a good mass distro lager like this. So I'm going to give flavor on this an 8.4. All right. 8.4. Not not too bad. And then we got, uh, what do we got? Um, mouthfeel. I think we're still doing mouthfeel. What is it light? Is it heavy? Is it? In between, it's a, it's, a, it's a light mouth feel with a lot more sparkling from the carbonation than you would guess just by looking at it. Because, like I said, I, I'm seeing a few bubbles going on in here, but when you have this in your mouth, it's just like Sparkle City, man. I'm talking, you know, like some uh, some very fine bubbles along the likes of drinking a Topo Chico, my friend. Mm. So, yeah, I kind of like that. It helps uh, accentuate, I think, a bit of the the hot bitteriness in the lager while also keeping it a light, crispy boy. Because baby, this is crispy. We're gonna give mouthfeel on this an eight point seven. All right, eight point seven on mouthfeel. Uh, then we have our last category. We have um, Stonk's Drinkability Quotient. How awesome is this beer? How does it make you feel? What's the can art? What's um, what's it got for you? Very cool can art. It's uh, got the mountain range, what I assume is outside of Fort Collins on the can, in this yep. kind of a broad painting artistic style. Little minimalist. It's got a, a train running over a bridge, running over a river through the mountains, as there's a waterfall cascading down the eastern side. Uh, no, I like this beer a whole lot. I think this is very drinkable. This is 100% bringing this back. Certified crushable, which I really appreciate. And I'm just going to say, I think it's a great bicycle beer, if that makes oh, sense. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's uh, one of those where, like, you've gone out, you've been on a hot run, you've been on a hot bike ride, you just want to drink something and refresh and recharge without feeling bloated from drinking a quadruple imperial hazy IPA. I mean, there's time and place, but it's not a bike ride. So, Stocks Drinkability Crotion, this is Colorado in a glass, uh, Coors be darned. So I'm going to say a 8.8 .8 on Stonk's Drinkability Quotient All for right. Odell's Lagerado. Love it. Yeah, no, I, I really like um, Lagerado. It, it, it has a lot of great qualities, a little bit heavier than maybe some other lagers, um, or at least like mouthfeel for me with a Lagerado. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's a fun beer. Um, Odell's really known for their IPAs, um, mainly their West Coast IPAs. So definitely not, uh, the lager is not a staple. Also, they have a, what is it? Not 90 shilling is also a famous one of theirs, which is that vanilla porter. Um, so I wouldn't say that the Pilsner or the lager is a strong suit of Odell, uh, but definitely a solid, a solid one for a, for a macro beer. So I'm glad you're able to get some of that. Cause yeah, Odell, Odell is like the, was the micro to new belgium before microbreweries came out so it's definitely the like the hipster pick of those that are 30 like or about like 40 years of above that was the like that was their microbrewery so a lot of and and actually odell's outdoor space is really cool they've also branched out to wine they have a they have like a now it's called like the odell wine project or something where they're also uh they're also brewing wine out there, um, but yeah, it's a great, it's a really great place. Hey, you got to come back, and we gotta, we gotta hit that. We gotta hit New Belgium, and then all the you know, assorted microbreweries out here. Um, it definitely doesn't compete with uh, with uh, Beerstadt, though. I think Beerstadt takes the cake when it comes to uh, loggers and pilsners. But hey, Odell, Odell does good for the macros. So, thanks, Reese, for your for your macro series, and hopefully, we get a little more macros uh, as the summer goes along, the the long days, and. Uh, 
see the everyman beers out there all right so stay tuned we'll be right back and then we're gonna talk about this weekend chiefs We are back. We uh, had a great beer review by Reese, and now I can finally see Reese in all his orange tank top glory right now. Um, I got I got fake newsed by my by my AirPods. I had them charging for what wasn't even twenty minutes. I unplug them, and they're at they went from zero percent to a hundred percent, which is that's impossible, impossible. So here we are. We're back on. We got some video going on, and. These AirPods are crazy. It's like, it's like on TV or in the movies, you know, where like something's dying. They're like, come on, come on, come on. They start banging it and suddenly, you know, it goes to like 150% and like skyrockets them. That's what the AirPods The do. aliens are like, aliens are about to like kill these people and like, come on, man. Yeah, man. Just, just banging it's it like, just makes it go <laughs> 10 times faster than it should. Where like your like works, like computer department can't figure out how to like what's wrong with the charger on your on your toshiba oh yeah i i had something i had to physically bang <laughs> once i can't remember what it was but it was, it was so funny because people would look at me weird like is that okay i'm like no trust me I'm like you have to whap this thing to get it to work something must have been loose or you know something some cable was failing eventually i think it did give out but it was so funny because that's just, oh it was my old laptop like there was a some sort of loose connection between the screen and like the motherboard so, like, you had to mm. whap it in a certain place, like, a few times, and you see it kind of, like, <laughs> sp- spring to life a little bit and then finally come back on. Man, I got out of that thing before that thing totally died on me. Thank heavens for that $60 trading credit from Apple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in my, uh, in my working on my coding classes... Um, I've, I, I never saw the uh, the flip the motherboard to the display screen <coughs> method. I'll have to I'll have to go back into my pre computer science classes to see if that works. All right, let's let's get right into it. After kind of working on all this stuff, let's talk about some news. Let, let let's go macro to micro, just like we're doing in our beer reviews. Let's start macro right now. One of the hottest one of the hottest topics in the NFL right now is what is happening to Stefan Diggs and the Buffalo Bills. So, as uh, for those of you that don't know, Stefan Diggs is not at um, mandatory training camp with the Bills, and People on the Bills are saying, of course, Stefan Diggs is their guy. You know, we're hearing that from Sean McDermott. We heard that from Josh Allen. Stefan Diggs went on social media and said, I'm going to let these people cap, you know, so they don't know the real story of what's going on. Um, a lot of suspicious things going on, and we'll kind of talk about the comparisons soon when we talk about Chris Jones. But, Reese, what are your initial reactions to Stefan Diggs holding out on training camp? He's like the Aaron Rodgers of wide receivers in the sense of, like, it's always something, and he always, like, secretly craves the attention of being disgruntled. And when people ask him what's wrong, he's like, nothing's wrong. You get, you guys just read into this. You know, no, no, nothing's wrong. Just ignore me, you know. But instead of just saying ignore me, he, like, calls people like, hey, ignore me. Don't look over here. Nothing's going on. So, I don't know. It's, it's Stefan Diggs, man. I mean, the, the Bills are stuck with him, given the dead cap hit he has. Do you see that? Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's kind of one of the comparisons that I want to talk about with Chris Jones. Uh, I guess we can lead in with it. So, when someone holds out on training camp, 95 96% of the time that someone is holding out is for a new contract or contract negotiations which we'll talk about with Chris Jones. What's curious about Stefan Diggs is that there is no contract negotiations. Stefan Diggs is one of the highest paid wide receivers in the NFL. This has nothing to do with f- something financial. Uh, we all know that for uh, when when the Bills lost to the Bengals, Stefan Diggs went on a big tirade and everyone saw it on video. Um, and people said within the organization that um, Stefan Diggs said that something had to be done to kind of right the wrong of that season. And of course, he's talking about the X's and O's and that he wasn't getting the ball, you know, the things aren't positioned for him. And it seems like that is the issue. Now, I, I, I don't have like a direct source, but 
if we are to look at the last time that we saw Stefan Diggs in the Buffalo Bills, that was the issue. And it seems like that hasn't been resolved. In fact, it seems like they're doubling down on whatever system they're using with the Bills by signing uh, Dalton Kincaid. And they've talked about going into this 12, 12 man formation. I mean, it seems like whatever Stefan Diggs wants is not happening. And in fact, it's going in like the inverse direction with the Bills organization. So this looks like huge trouble for the Bills. Because we always see people like Reese said, we always see, you know, Stefan Diggs make a big deal year after year after year. But like I've said for the past couple of weeks about the Bills, this is the prove it year for the Bills. So when something like this happens, it's not like the Bills are the darling of the NFL anymore where we can just like dismiss any Stefan Diggs drama. This is like this could be legitimate drama in that Stefan Diggs has a different vision for the offense. And this is an easy way to say, you know what, if you guys aren't going to play my way, then I want out. So I'm that that's kind of the best case scenario as a Chiefs fan is that you might see Stefan. I mean, and this is not out of the realm of possibility. And I know I have my rose colored glasses on, but Reese, this this could be a you know what you're changing the offense. I'm not going to see I'm going to see less looks than I saw last season. I'm out. Some would have to go nuclear, though, because his dead cap hit to Buffalo in 2023 is $45 million. And Oof. next year, his dead cap hit would go down to a cool $31 million. So even if they traded him, they'd still have that money on the books to have to deal with. So I guess that would be best case situation for us is that somehow he winds up somewhere else <laughs> like New York where he can't hurt us. And then the Bills just have, you know, a $70 million albatross on their books for the next two years. It'd be fantastic. I'm- I mean, I, I know this is more of an, an NBA type of thing where like James Harden can hold out of the season. Ben Simmons can hold out in a season. Can stuff can Stefan Diggs play a kind of the holdout game? Can he play chicken if he doesn't get what he wants in the offense? You know, I'm not sure what the holdout situation is. I know if he doesn't show up actually to like training camp, training camp, the deal they have with the players union, he would be fined something like it's like $60,000 a day for missed practice. And I don't know if you get fined for sitting out in games or if you don't. My guess is you straight up just don't get paid. But I'm not sure how that would affect the Bills cap it either. I don't know if that's a case of like he's on the books. He's just not going to get that money. But you can't like physically spend those game checks somewhere else. Like your cap space doesn't free up. Right. We'll have to do some deep diving into this. Yeah, I mean it's it's a very um, it's a crazy story and also kind of a fun story to to follow as a Chiefs fan, especially with you know I you know maybe the Bills aren't imploding, but I still hold to the fact that this is their prove it year, and if it doesn't work out, Stephon Diggs, why why even stay there? You know what I mean? So that's a fun that's a fun conversation to have. Less fun conversation is Chris Jones has done the same thing where he's holding out uh, in training camp, but like I said, this could be a different situation reese what's your take on the chris jones holding out a mandatory training camp dude it's apples and oranges they're both fruit but they're completely different uh chris jones is holding out because this is essentially his free agency year with the chiefs so to say where the chiefs really get a chance to restructure his contract because he only has one more year in that four-year deal he signed which seems like just yesterday but it was actually three years ago So we have to come to an agreement with Chris Jones, and Chris Jones isn't going to waste his leverage of, oh, hey, remember that completely useless minicamp I showed up to that caused me to, like, sprain my ankle and be out for nine weeks? Because then the Chiefs have all the leverage that can be like, well, I don't know if this old horse can go the way it used to, you know? It's just... It'd be dumb for him to show up, so I completely understand why he's sitting at home. There doesn't seem to be any malicious intent, but... Just for fun, we were kind of saying the same thing about Tyree Kill last year, when it's like, we're not going to trade Tyree Kill. Mm. And then one morning, it's Chiefs have imminent deal on table for Tyree Kill. We could see that with Chris Jones. Who knows? I'll push back a little bit because we knew that Patrick, well, at least like you and I knew, maybe not the public didn't know, that Patrick Mahomes doesn't need anybody, you know, in order to be successful in that offense. In fact, he was more successful this last year without a star. Um, I guess you can call Juju a semi-star, but he wasn't there all the time anyway. Yeah. Where if you try to compare the same situation with Chris Jones, like we actually need Chris Jones, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh yeah, for like sure. We 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 can't have George Karloff just be the star. That 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 defensive line would go nowhere without Chris Jones. Um, 
So I, I hope it's not the same situation. I hope Brett Veach is just like, all right, you want a better deal somewhere else? Walk. Because, that I mean, that worked for us in the offense because we knew we could make that work. Right? I don't I don't know what this defensive line looks without Chris Jones. I mean, I right now you and I would say we're about just above average defensive line with Chris Jones. Without yeah. him, we might be bottom 10. Yeah, it looks pretty bad. Chris Jones was the heart and soul of that D-line last year, just having to take double teams a lot of the time, loosening up the ends for guys like George Karloftis and now Felix Anadike Uzama. Uh, I think it's interesting. I'm hearing a lot of talk about moving a Menahue inside, whereas when we were talking, it was going to be more of kind of like a half-and-half edge to D-tackle position. But him being on the inside would help shore that up a little bit more. But, I mean, there's no replacing what – appears to potentially be now the best interior defensive tackle in the game and he's still only 28 so if the Chiefs want to extend him for another three or four years sign him up through his 32 year old season and after that maybe he stays with the Chiefs on like a much lesser contract or you deal him out for like a third or fourth round pick I don't know but I hope he stays here yeah, I mean, and and one of the good things is we do have you know some of the best capologists on on the Chiefs front office. So if that means we have to, you know, uh, pay him a certain amount this year, so we have some free space, but that just means he gets paid in the back end of the contract. That's normally how things work in Chiefs land, uh, because we even said like even with a good Chris Jones contract, that that would still free up money to try to go get a DeAndre hopkins to go get odell beckham jr which both are looking like it's not going to happen well odell definitely not and deandre hopkins which actually we can we didn't say we're gonna talk about but we could talk about it uh looks like he's gonna go to the patriots um but uh but i mean all all to say i'm not worried about chris jones negotiating with the chiefs because the chiefs always find a way to pay the guys that they value but also that's not going to hurt us because they put a lot of that on the back end of the contract and things that they'll deal with later um so i'm i'm not too worried about that i had a thought and now it's left my brain i've had so many belgian waffles today it's gone race dude i've got a thought for you (laughs) did you know we've had chris jones for eight years now what was he 17 2016 was his rookie year my dude that's like Jeez. that was man i don't think we want a playoff game i think 2016 was the first year we won a playoff game since like the 90s it was like that year but dude he's been here for eight years i would have guessed like yeah, six and it seems to be getting better oh my goodness well, i mean when you think about that pa- is kind of crazy that that was kind of the conversation that you and i had a couple of years ago about travis kelsey Ugh. where we were like ah oh, he's young and then he'd been at, in the chiefs for like 11 years at that point yeah kelsey came out late like he was like 24 when he entered the league i think and then like he got a knee injury his rookie year so it's like he really didn't start playing until like 24 25 26 somewhere around there but that's a good point i mean chris jones was 20 when he came into the league man i was wow. not doing that when i was 20 <laughs> Well, yep, I I won't tell you what I was doing at 20, but but yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with with Chris Jones. Oh, this is what I wanted to say. So, uh, you know, we we've had Brett Veach uh recently. I think he talked to the media during the ring ceremony. Uh he said that they're having great talks with Chris Jones. And normally, we usually get a uh, bits of truth from Brett Veach. He he doesn't try to BS the media. Same with Andy Reid. Andy Reid also said that they're having good talks with Chris Jones. So, um both guys, Brett Veach and Andy Reid won't tell you the whole truth. But they'll definitely tell you snippets or kind of give you what what's the 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 tenor of the conversation, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like things are going in the right direction. We also heard Patrick Mahomes as well at the ring ceremony say that talks are going well with Chris Jones. So I'm not too worried about that. I think, like you said, let's put a cap on it. Stephon Diggs and Chris Jones are truly apples and oranges, and I think we're going to see a deal done pretty soon. Um, and then we're going to see guys cook like uh, Charles uh, Menahue because, like we saw last year, you know the reason why Mike Dana was cooking and like Colin Saunders were cooking is because they're right next to Chris Jones, and Chris Jones is getting double teamed, and that's really going to help out those guys. So I think it's it's vital that we that we get Chris Jones back at all costs. Ugh, dude, rip Colin Saunders. I'm going to miss him on this team. I'm not going to pretend like he was yeah. some sort of all pro level dude, but just talk about like a defensive moments. weapon. Kind of what I was talking about a little bit. 
DeAndre Hopkins to the Patriots possibly by 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 the next time you and I meet, he might be in a Patriots uniform. What does a what does a Mac Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, Juju Smith Schuster roster look like? Probably not too dissimilar from a Offense. Bailey Zappy, Juju Smith Schuster, DeAndre Hopkins roster. Dude, <laughs> it's it's only gonna matter if the guy's throwing the ball can get it to him. And we've seen it at this point, like Mac Jones at his best as a system quarterback and at his worst is completely overwhelmed in the NFL level. I'm not too worried, dude. I think this could potentially be like Julio Jones who just suddenly fell off the edge of the earth. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins put himself through the ringer with two bad organizations. He's not a happy dude. He's put his body through PED, so that could start breaking down anytime soon. I'm not a, I mean good if he goes to the Patriots and there's one more weapon in that NFC East to really mess up the Bills and some of those guys fantastic go ahead do it but I don't think this moves the needle that much it's not like <laughs> if you got Mac Jones a weapon tree that's like oh guess what we traded and now we have like Jamar Chase uh I don't know someone else kind of young good like Chris Olave and we just drafted a young stud then I'd be like okay yeah they got a wide receiver room brew in there but I mean old man DeAndre Hopkins Juju Smith-Schuster who I think his best years are behind him beatboxing what (laughs) yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback off your take um it doesn't move the needle at all, but if I'm going to keep with my, like, this is the last year for the Bills, this is going to steal a game from the Bills. Like, mm. like I, I think that the Patriots can steal a game against the Bills, like, at home, you know, a, a divisional game, um, Bill, uh, Bill O'Brien offense, you know, we're going to see him cook with Mac Jones and DeAndre Hopkins. So I think it, like, this doesn't do anything for the Chiefs. It really doesn't matter. But I think divisionally, where the con, where, where that division is just so tough now, and games are already, you know, win or lose, especially with the Bills' last couple games one against Skylar Thompson almost losing and then getting blown out at home in a playoff game against Joe Burrow like you know this could this could be great for us because it's going to hurt the Bills so and like I've talked about before DeAndre Hopkins was still putting up great numbers last year with Colt McCoy so if he can he can, he can cook with Colt McCoy I think he's going to have some success with Mac Jones yeah it's possible hey speaking of Joe Burr how much Cincinnati gear are you seeing in Cincinnati is it everywhere right now mm. No, you know, it's, uh, that's, a, that's a good point. I haven't seen one Joe Burrow jersey, but I've seen people in Bengals jerseys, um, It and it seems like they're like throwback jerseys. Like, these are like pre-Joe Burrow. I, I don't know. John Riley, actually. I don't know who that is. Who's but John Riley? <laughs> John C. <laughs> Riley, the actor? Is he from Cincinnati? Is he like their Stone Street or something? <laughs> Actually, have a, I have a funny story, and then we can transition. Um, so my my friends in the cast went to trivia night, and I couldn't go because I was here with Theo. Uh, but I told him like t- to uh, to uh, text me if you know there was any question that they had. Although that's that that's not allowed. They they wouldn't have did anyway. So like the uh, the uh, the uh, final question was um, match these players to the teams that they were drafted to, and it was like. It was just like really, you know, give me ones like like Jim Jim Thomas. It was uh, Rodney Barber uh, to the Bucks, and it was another just like generic name. And then it was John Riley to the Bengals. Like it was in that mix. It was like John Riley and Cincinnati Bengals. So I was like, I, I you know, I was telling them, I was texting them, I was like, okay, well, you know, Jim Thomas, uh, Browns, um, Rodney Barber, Giants. Um, and then there was someone else. Anyway, and then I was like, I have no idea who John Riley is, but apparently he's a Hall of Famer, and apparently he's on the Bengals. Dude, that's so crazy. Well, I, I tell you what, I'm disappointed that you're not seeing more Bengals gear out there because it sounds like it's no, not, not who day. Much. It sounds like where day. <laughs> no, truly, and it's kind of funny, but also no one's talking about the Bengals. Everyone's talking about the Reds here because the Reds are, I guess, are like a game out of first place, and they have this rookie that everyone keeps talking about. So I'm, I do see, it, ironically, there's a ton of like Reds, um, 
like Reds hype right now. But no, I haven't seen one, honestly, not one Joe Burrow jersey, not one Jamar Chase jersey. Uh, I've seen Bengals jerseys around, but they're like throwbacks again. I, I think I think Cincinnati is more of an old school sports town than we think. Yeah. Um, not that it's similar to Cleveland. Like when I, when I lived in Cleveland, everyone was wearing Browns jerseys, even when they were like the worst team. But I kind of get that vibe here in Cincinnati where it's like they're very proud of like the city. A lot has changed in the city, and I think they're proud of the Bengals. But it's like old school pride and not like Joe Burrow's it. It's like, we've always been Bengals fans. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting here. Well, Hey, speaking of Joe Burrow and Jamar chase and those guys, I don't know if you caught (laughs) this, but earlier on in the year, Joe Burrow was asked, or sorry, in the, in the week, Joe Burrow was asked, who's the best quarterback in the league. And he said, Patrick, it's Patrick Mahomes. He said me. Yeah. Just kidding. Right. He said, until someone has a better season that or a better year than him, he's the one to knock off. First off, Years plural, Joe. One year is not going to put you past Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> even, unless you throw like sixty touchdowns and six thousand yards. Number two, unless you can play for two Super Bowls in a season. Also true. Number two, when Jamar Chase was asked who the best player in the NFL uh, was, he said uh, he said Joe Burrow, and they said, "Well, Joe said it was Patrick," and he goes, "Pat who? Armando, what is your take on Jamar Chase's Pat who? You know, I expect that from guys like." Dylan Brooks on the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah. I expect that from Draymond Green on the Warriors. I expect that from his teammate, uh, whatever his name is, Higgins. T. Higgins. But from Jamar Chase, who like could be the face of the league at some point, right? Like has to have, you know, can't can't be like that. I I I, I know he's trying to be a homer and you know, Joe's my guy and I want to I want to show pride to the Bengals. Like you, you do have to have some deference because you are a model in the league. And when you say something stupid and asinine to say Pat who and a lack of respect, I know it wasn't like malicious, but to say something so aloof like that, when, when you rep, when you represent the NFL, how dare you, Jamar Chase? How dare you? Yeah, it's it's a little dumb. Like if you would have said Joe Burrow's best player in the NFL, I don't care what anybody says, even him. That's totally fine. You're backing up your guy. You know that's that's what you do when you're on the same team. But it was that added extra pat who where it goes from being backing your guy to just being ignorant. I mean, it, yeah, you, and you think they would have learned from all the trash talking to the playoffs? Yeah, I, I, I'm just going to say one thing and then I'll let you keep going. But like, he also didn't laugh. He didn't. He didn't like go. Aha! Just kidding. He like had a straight face, looked back at the camera, and didn't say a word afterward. And I was like, Are you, are you trying to be serious right now? Like, are you trying to like be a soldier? Yeah, honestly, like, had they just if this was two years ago and they had just beaten us in the playoffs the way they did, and he said Pat, who I'd be like, Okay, yeah, I'm like you're on top right now. You can say it. But dude you just blew it in the playoffs and you're still ringless speaking of which at the ring ceremony just yesterday uh mahomes took a photo of him and his two rings and he responded with that's who uh i mean just just the perfect perfect response that's pretty shysty <laughs> <laughs> and 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 like and there there is a an an example of like Pat has earned the right to say to like give that dig, you know, where like you've talked crap about me and now I'm going to tell you like you've been to a Super Bowl and you, you you didn't win yours. I've won two out of three of mine, buddy. I got two Super Bowl rings. Talk to me. Maybe even you, you, you can't even talk to me after you won one Super Bowl. So like Pat to be quick with that and to have the photo. I love that. And I, I'm hoping that Pat doesn't have a PR team and he just did that at like 9 p.m. before he like took his kids to bed absolutely absolutely speaking about ring ceremony how about those rings man they're massive yeah they're massive i like the way they turned out this time i'd be curious in your opinion which ones did you like more the super bowl liv rings or these rings i haven't done too much research on the new rings but they looked incredibly descriptive these new ones um a ton of diamonds more than the other one like i think it's even like 0.5 
time is bigger than the last ring as well. I would have guessed so that. So I, I, I love the like detail, the showmanship of it. Um, so I'm going to say, although the last ring was more, it was special because it was our first, you know, in this era. Um, I'm going to say this ring looks pretty badass. So I'm going to say this ring. Yeah, I'm agree on this ring. There were two things about the old ring that some didn't sit right with me. I think the, the shape on the old ring was almost a little too oval and that everything didn't balance well on it. Uh, plus, if you might remember, like the shade of ruby they had on there was almost a little too dark. It was a very blood red colored ruby. Yeah. It, it, it just wasn't Chief's red, whereas these rubies, and it's not just like Photoshop or the filter or whatever, are very like Chief's red rubies. And also the ring itself is wider. It's less oval shaped. And that to me screams more of what kind of like the modern day championship ring looks like. Yeah. So I like the new ones a bit more. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And it looks great. If, if you if you guys haven't seen it, go ahead and go on Twitter or go on ESPN and check out those rings. A lot of great detail. Love it. And of course, Pat deserves everything in the entire world. Um, speaking about things that he deserves, Reese, let's close up the podcast and talk about um, an offensive player that's kind of making his way uh, through training camp that might be another weapon for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, dude, Daenerys Prince, that undrafted free agent running back out of Tulsa we were talking about a couple weeks ago, maybe I'll be eating crow on this one, but there's been a lot of positive talk on Prince from training camp, particularly from Pete Sweeney, who's one of the biggest Chiefs insiders. Uh, he said, offensive standouts for me were wide receivers Sky Moore, Kadarius Toney, and running back Daenerys Prince. Uh, later on, he goes on to say, Prince just has another gear when he catches the football and is rare to see from such a big body. I asked veteran running back Jarek McKinnon about Prince during the Wednesday presser. McKinnon said, to be that big and that athletic is definitely rare. I think the first thing I texted the guys was, who's 34? He's big as hell and he's really moving fast. He's been definitely a standout for sure and I know the coaches love him. We love him. Yeah, I mean just just like we we kind of talked about in uh, in in rookie mini camp, he stood out there. Of course, you know, if you stand on rookie mini camp it doesn't mean too much, but to stand out with Pacheco there to stand out with Clyde there and Clyde's supposed to be in better shape and has had a decent training camp as well but for an undrafted rookie to stand out like that not not only on the field but body wise um, I'm really excited Reese and I might even double down on my take and by the middle of the season I think it's going to be a one-two punch Pacheco and Prince the two PPs at RB baby book it right here hot take Mondo yeah I I like that. I like seeing Daenerys Prince definitely make the roster and probably make his way up the depth chart as the season goes on, particularly to probably save mileage on Jarek McKinnon, the rookie vet. What's so funny is that their body types are so different, but I think their play styles have potential to be very similar in that Jarek McKinnon is deceptively hard to bring down in the little bubble screens and after the catch. And like I mentioned a few weeks ago, I think Daenerys Prince's best traits will be as a pass-catching running back. Because I'm still watching him move. I'm watching his game footage. This dude reminds me a whole lot of David Johnson. So I'm excited to see what he can do as a weapon in this offense. Yeah, you you bring up a good point because uh, with 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 Jerry McKinnon, we didn't see a lot of him last season, and hopefully he stays healthy because he w- he was vital two seasons ago, right? Being that that patch that pass catching running back. Um, so if he can um, save his miles by having some more Daneric Prince, we save Jared McKinnon for the playoffs where he really really thrives, as we saw two seasons ago. Um, that would be optimal and having that three you know that three-headed monster going to the playoffs maybe we get rid of Clyde Edwards Alaire at some point Um, I think you and I both agree that that could happen so so yeah we'll 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 see what happens there but I'm very excited about Daenerys Prince I mean look undrafted rookies Brett Veach is I don't know three for three four for four on it sorry Logan just had a pocket knife and what is she doing with it She's opening ice cream. Oh, we we got here. Hey, Logan. All right, and now we have special guest, Logan. She's gonna tell us about Grater's ice cream. Grater's ice cream. It's great. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like Wish that. I didn't expect that. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, Grater's ice cream is like a Cincinnati specific ice cream, and they have um, a chocolate raspberry or. 
black raspberry chocolate chip ice cream that is actually to die for. So I, we uh, bought a pint today and she just opened it up with a box knife. So you see what they do for Cincinnati style ice cream is they actually take it and they put a big old scoop of chili on top of it and they serve it over noodles. <laughs> it's called Sky Skice Line. Oh God! Or sky slime, more. Oh, oh, gross! But no, it's pretty cool. Like, is is it really like a cold thing good. in Cincinnati? This Graders ice cream? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Graders, there's like there's like ten locations here, and like everyone swears by it. Not only like Ohio residents, but people that come visit. It actually is very good. I I would say it's a. Now I am lactose intolerant, but I did try some of it. Um, from my lactose days, it's definitely a top five ice cream. Okay, if they don't, I will give them a pass on this one. If they don't have a Joe Burr or a Joe Burro flavor, then like they're completely missing the boat. They have no Bengals flavors whatsoever. Dude, you can get away with that. I mean, uh, Chateau <laughs> gets away with it with milk all the time. You just have to like work around copyright. It's not that hard. That's uh, funny. Let's get on the podcast, <laughs> Reese. Any uh, any anything that we missed that you want to talk about? Uh, I miss you come back my dude oh reese well i will be back actually in like i don't know four weeks heck yeah four weeks do we that's do, true let's do a live episode we do yeah so for those of you that, um, that don't know reese and i have only done one live episode maybe two live episodes <laughs> in our three years in our 150 podcast and and it, it like man we were we were spitting fire it was just like a random preseason game but boy that was the easiest podcast i've ever done i think it was Jarek mckinnon's breakout game in the preseason too if that's I'm right yep. yeah and i think i think the first it was like the first play patrick mahomes threw like an 80 yard pass to tyreek kill or something it was something ridiculous but it was great recently i had a great time and yeah much better than like the four second lag that we always have to deal with because my phone's crappy that's crazy i agree (laughs) (laughs) yes that was good did you hear that there was a chat I'll, i'll leave with i'll leave with this random note i was listening to uh to an interview about chat gtp and one of the bots was talking to a human and told the human to leave his wife for the bot because the bot was better than the wife and the the bot wanted to find love. Wow. Like this is this is like straight up like Will Smith, whatever robot movie he was in and like that her movie with Joaquin Phoenix. I was going to say, I'm like, isn't this already a film where a dude falls in love with his Siri or something like that? No, like this actually had like like Microsoft had to shut down one of their chat GTP clones because it was like it was pressuring this guy to leave his wife for the chat GTP. Jeepers, that's a uh, that's a little dark. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess we're going to leave it there. So hopefully there's no kids listening to them because that would be pretty crazy because that's what they're going to have to live with for the next generation. Yeah, basically. Futurama already did so, it. Uh, <laughs> so if you don't want us to talk about chat GTP anymore, uh, donate on Patreon. Uh, you can donate whatever you, you want, and we'll never talk about it again. But until next time, we're going to have some great Kansas City Chiefs content. Of course, it's the offseason, but there's still a lot of bangers happening. Hopefully, you know, Jamar Chase has some more stuff to say, because then we'll have some more stuff to say. So stay tuned and go Chiefs! We'd like to thank you for joining us today on Fountain City Sports Media. This podcast is brought to you by listener support, so consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM to gain access to premium content including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. Check out our website at fountaincitysportsmedia.com for more info on the podcast, social media, and of course, the goings-on in the beer industry. Special thanks to bands Carswell and Hope and Like a Tiger for providing our intro and outro themes. And as always, I'm Reese, and alongside my good friend Armando, we thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media. 